News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Well, today I am joined on the podcast by Michael Sullivan, the one, the only, for a unique story that is going on, and it's affecting just Michael. Um, Unfortunately, though, for any of you Texans, if Michael doesn't actually do the work necessary to teach Texas state agencies that they have to be put in their place, this could happen to you. And that's why today's conversation is relevant. Uh, One of the things you've heard me talk about is the fact that we've got like the Texas State Guard who are pulling in all of our volunteers. The Texas Scorecard has reported on this story um, and teaching them to not be members of the NRA and that they might all be white supremacists if they don't have white guilt and all sorts of Marxist ideas. Um, We know that Child Protective Services, a state agency in Texas, is investigating families who are unwilling to tell their 12 or 13 or 14-year-old boy he's a girl, even if he thinks he might be a girl. In fact, they're actually affirming his biology science. And then we have a Texas state agency run by the governor of Texas who is going in and investigating and persecuting those families. Well, today we're going to talk about the Texas Ethics Commission I've had a couple conversations. In fact, the very first conversation I had with Michael uh, that y'all might remember listening to or watching, if those of you who have been longer time listeners, I think this is one of the first, I don't know, 10, 15 episodes. I'll have to go back and look and put it in the show notes. But uh, the first conversation we had was about the Texas Ethics Commission. That was a large part of our conversation. And this state agency has been on a tear. Uh, They believe they have seems like unlimited power, and they've decided to make Michael one of their top targets. I'm going to give you just a little bit of background, and then we're going to get straight to Michael's current situation. So the reality is that a bunch of lawmakers who were ticked that Michael criticized them publicly said he's a lobbyist, and lobbyists can get hired by AT&T. They can get paid by these companies who then say, hey, we want you to go make the government more favorable for our company, and then they pay them, and they go, and then they hand out money to lawmakers and do all this stuff, and they said, well, the fact that Michael is coming in and criticizing us and telling people what he thinks he should be a registered lobbyist too. And Michael disagreed. And he'll maybe tell us a little bit about why he disagreed with that. But the reality is that that set in motion. Uh, Michael, how long has it been? Uh, it has been eight years at this yeah. point, eight, eight years in count. Yeah. I feel like most of the time I've known you, we've been <laughs> dealing with, I mean, honestly, like I don't know a Michael that is not fighting with the Texas Ethics Commission. And so uh, d- for eight years, there's been this ongoing battle and it's happened from one fine to the next to the next and different disagreements in and out of courts. But recently, Michael listed his home for sale. This is now public information because he has said that he did and his home was about to be sold. And little did he know the lawyer for the Texas Ethics Commission had decided to place a lien on his house because there is dispute as to whether or not he is a lobbyist, as to whether or not he should have registered as a lobbyist. And they think he should have, and they think he owes them $500. And they've decided that since he hasn't paid them that 500, he now owes them dollars $18,000, and they're going to put a lien on his house. Now, you can't really do that. So we're going to get into that too. And I'm going to ask Michael to explain that to you. But I wanted to give you background and, and context. The reality is that one of the things we try to do to, to bring to you, our listeners and viewers, is 
things that you don't realize are going on in your backyard. And a lot of times we see DC and we see these bureaucracies in the swamp that's doing all these things, but we have state agencies right in Austin that are wholly accountable to a Republican controlled government, the governor, the Lieutenant governor, the Senate, the house, all of these people oversee every one of these state agencies, the governor being the one with probably the most direct oversight over many of these state agencies in particular. So we think bringing light to those atrocities, to the tyranny that's happening on these local levels, on the state level, so that you can then address this with your state lawmakers. But anyways, Michael, that's my introduction. Can you please tell us just a little bit, uh, fill in the gaps. What did I miss? Where are you at right now? Yeah, so you know, I, I think you summarize it pretty well. The um, the the worst part about this is, uh, you know, the Texas Ethics Commission. You know, that they actually have the word in their name, ethics, um, and yet they do very little that is actually ethical. <laughs> um, you, uh, w- w- when you put that in the context of our constitutional rights, it should be ethical to encourage people to exercise their conscious rights, and therefore it should be unethical um, if you are uh, going about the business of discouraging people from exercising their constitutional rights. And yet the Texas Ethics Commission um, has brought unto itself powers and authorities. Um, The legislature has given the powers and authorities um, to, to, to work explicitly against citizens who seek to engage in their government. Now, and this is, not, this is not us talking. This is them talking. You had at one point uh, a former chairman of the commission uh, say that his desire would be to have, uh, you know, to, to have everyone in the state uh, forced to register as a lobbyist Anytime they spoke to their to their legislator, you know, never mind that the First Amendment says that we have the absolute right to petition our government for uh, for redress of grievances. Um, the state constitution even more explicit about the rights of citizens to engage in their government, and yet there's this obscure state agency, and it's really important for folks to understand. You know, the Texas Ethics Commission didn't kind of you know spring fully formed out of the head of Zeus or something. You know, uh, this entity was created. Um, by the Democrats, as um, as the state was shifting from Republican to Democrat, you know, we watched you know, in kind of this kind of slow motion political effort starting in the uh, early 1980s that Texas was shifting Republican, and the Democrats started laying um, all sorts of fun little traps so that they, so the bureaucracy, so that the, the sewer of Austin uh, could always be in charge. And one of those was the Texas Ethics Commission, credited in the early 90s. For the permit, this is what the state constitution says. The state constitution says the Texas Ethics Commission was created to establish the per diem for legislators. That is how much they get paid yeah. um, when they travel, how much they get paid, and they come to Austin to establish the per diem for legislators and and state government officials, and to from time to time recommend salary increases uh, for the legislature. That way, the legislators weren't saying give a salary increase. They had this agency doing it. Well, from that, though, so that's the that, that is why the people of Texas in the early 90s voted to create the Texas Ethics Commission. Um, it has never once made a recommendation for increasing their, their salary. <laughs> what they have done, though, um, is increase uh, the Purdue numbers. Meanwhile, the legislature started moving all sorts of things into, into that house, into that agency. Um, that you know, they kind of make it like a, a mini federal election commission, but worse. Uh, they want uh, they want to be able to stop citizens 
uh, from talking to talking too much. In fact, that's the that is actually what they said was my crime was that I talked too much about the legislature. Um, and I think that, that all of us, particularly in the social media age, if you're if you're using the text ledge hashtag too often, if you if you mention a state official one time too many in the eyes of a bureaucrat, you too could end up in their crosshairs. Um, you now, know, Michael, for, can I can I clarify? Yeah. One of the things I, I feel like just to get get off on this just for a second is the Tech Ethics Commission has made an exception for liberal media outlets. And, and you can correct right. me if I'm wrong, but you know, the Houston Chronicle, the Dallas Morning News, the Austin American Statesman, literally papers that have tried to advance at sometimes Marxist ideas, let alone leftist ideas, a mouthpiece for the Democrat Party. These individuals are allowed to endorse legislation, endorse members of the legislature, petition the legislature, write about why bills should happen or why somebody's bad for not pushing a bill or how crazy one lawmaker is because they have a certain view that they don't agree with the editorial board of that paper. And they're immune seeming from any type of persecution by the state agency. So it it seems to have been really focused on people with a right of center worldview and particularly a right of center worldview who are also critical of Republicans who happen to be in power right now in Texas. You can correct me if I'm wrong or if you've seen other instances that I'm not following, but I just wanted to ask kind of your observation on that situation. No, no, you, you, you've nailed it correctly. And I think that what, what you find is not just those who criticize, but even, even just folks who have the temerity to, uh, to run for office and challenge an incumbent. You see incumbents, you see their, their pals, uh, filing a never-ending series of ethics complaints, uh, you know, paperwork complaints, you know, things to trip up the campaign, cost them money, um, you know, those sorts of things. All so they can be said, oh, look, the, the Texas Ethics Commission says candidate Billy is unethical. Well, they don't actually mm-hmm. say that, but that's yeah. the implication, right? Um, you know, there, there's this horrible story a few years ago. Uh, this woman uh, gets a um, uh, notice in the mail uh, saying that she owed a large sum of money um, because uh, she had never turned in any of her candidate paperwork. And she responded, I'm, I'm not a candidate. Mm-hmm. And it turns out she had one time attended a meeting of the Libertarian Party. Uh, the Libertarian Party decided she'd be a great candidate. They just put her name on the ballot. They just said she was a <laughs> candidate. She was not their candidate. She didn't agree to be their candidate. And so the Texas Ethics Commission refused. And there's litigation and everything else. And finally, uh, the lady was uh, you know, able to able to walk away. Yeah. Um, but you know, just insane, the kind of games that get played um, by, this, uh, by this agency. In my case, um, it was two... Now, very former Republican members of the legislature who were close pals of disgraced former House Speaker Joe Strauss. Um, one of these two legislators, a guy named Jim Keffer, um, is literally on the board of the largest socialist promotion group in, in the state called Every Texan. They used to be the Center for Public Policy Priorities. Mm-hmm. Now they call themselves Every Texan. Um, and they're literally a bunch of Marxists. And he's on their board, a Republican who's on their board. Uh, and so they you are a sense both of who these people lobbyists, are. correct? Now. Both are now lobbyists. So yeah. both of the people um, that complained about you criticizing them have left the legislature and lobby for entities. Many, you know, these aren't conservative businesses that they're lobbying for. They're lobbying for various corporations that are either trying to get more handouts from the government, uh, have the government protect their industry, pass certain laws that make it harder for people to compete with them. And so these are the two individuals that originally put a complaint and said, 
this guy's lobbying us because he's sending us notices saying taxpayers would be benefited by these bills. Is that correct? Uh, or uh, even well, cr- edit that or. Yes. Well, more correctly, what we were saying, look, here is the difference between what legislators are saying and what they're doing. That's mm-hmm. what they found the most, most problematic yes. because yes. they like to go home and say they were all to the right of Ronald Reagan, yeah. um, even though in Austin, the records didn't show that. Um, you know, so both these folks were committee chairmen, very mm-hmm. well connected. They, they yeah. were close allies of uh, the aforementioned Joe Strauss. Mm-hmm. And so the Ethics Commission took it in. Uh, we said, oh, wait a second. Is a media operation. You know, we're, we're talking to citizens. We're not lobbying mm-hmm. these cats. Couldn't care less what they do. We're just telling citizens what they do. Yep. And, the, and the ethics commission said, yeah, but we don't like you because you're mm-hmm. doing it too much. And so that's where, uh, where, where then kind of the, the clock started ticking on fines. In the backroom meeting, they made me the offer uh, to, to pay them 500 bucks. I wasn't sure if they meant just one check or cut them each a check for 500 bucks. <laughs> because that's how the commission operates. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't clear. It wasn't entirely clear, yeah. Um, uh, so we've been battling you know, kind of back and forth in court and various things up in appeals. I honestly look at this moment, and you know, my, my lawyers will shoot me for saying this. I honestly cannot tell you where uh, you know, all of the different uh, you know, uh, cases related to this are in the yeah. various stages of appeal. Well, it's um, been eight uh, years. It's been eight years and lots of nuances to this. I mean, look, this is I've been agency. married a long time, and I think it's five years. I mean, the truth <laughs> is, like, I mean, my child, your wife said, your wife says it feels longer than that. Think, that's but, what I'm saying. Like, yeah. eight years is a long time. I mean, it's it is time. not. In fact, I just want people to understand this. It's very possible that you are with you are in legal battles with this state agency for a decade. And yes. uh, what that and here's what the government has. The government has your money, my money, and everybody listening to this podcast or watching this podcast, they have all of our money and they're using that money to go after conservative individuals in Texas. Anybody who is informing Texans, because the th- truth is, the more informed Texans are, the more accountable the politicians are. So now those politicians are using the agency that is supposed to be focused on them, holding them accountable, and is instead using that agency as a weapon against people that are holding them accountable. And all you have to do to hold them accountable is to tell people what they're doing. And guess what? That rarely matches up with what they're telling their voters they're doing. So you have put them in a difficult position, and they've decided to basically just continue to keep you in this legal jail. And now let's get to this. I want to get to the, the well, lien. Well, well, yeah, but before we get to the lien, I, I do just have yeah. to I mean, go it, ahead. It, it, what you said is bad, Luke, but it's actually worse. And you're doing uh, your, your listeners a disservice, not telling just how bad it's because the legal system in which we have to fight this mm-hmm. agency is a legal system in which every single judge is also under the thumb of the Texas mm-hmm. Ethics Commission. Yeah. So the judge, none of the judges are actually able to be truly independent. We got mm-hmm. a taste of that very early yeah. on in this, where we were sitting before a judge who looked at the facts and the judge said, oh yeah, look, Sullivan shouldn't be regulated under this. We, you know, the, the, this, this is not legitimate, kicked it out. Um, the Texas Ethics Commission, uh, one of their toadies in the media, you know, that kind of collusion mm-hmm. of the, of the yep. media with the agency said, oh, look, the judge's campaign Twitter account follows 
MQ Sullivan on Twitter. Hmm. Uh, therefore, the judge has to be recused. Now, hmm. never mind that the judge followed all sorts of people and probably when the judge is his campaign manager, yes. but you know, none of things ever. She was kicked off. Another judge was brought in. That judge spent 10 minutes looking at the seven and said, oh, yeah, yeah, the last guy made a mistake. Uh, Sullivan, you're guilty as hell. Um, but when the uh, uh, but as soon as he gaveled out the hearing, um, the judge looked at the executive director of the agency and said, you know, I've been sitting here and I realize that um, I think I might owe you guys a report. You know, what, what kind of fine am I going to have? I mean, he literally said that in front of me, in front of my lawyers that you know, the, this visiting judge who had. You know, I mean, it's just mm -hmm. insane. And, and so yep. every single judge and, you know, it's one that's bad enough to be a state rep or a state senator, most of whom none of us think of as being, you know, paragons of ethics. Mm -hmm. um, but when it's a judge, you know, these judges who you have to go and fight the TEC, they live in fear and terror of being called unethical as a judge. And, um, and so, so it's so it's not just that we're fighting an agency um with our own money being used against us and the full mind of the state being used, we don't even have an independent judiciary in which mm -hmm. to fight them. We, um, it, it, the other thing I, I notice and have just noticed for the last eight years is that you rarely have state elected state officials, state legislators under the under like tough scrutiny by the Texas ethics commission. I mean, let's say, right. We, we, we said, hey, objectively, look, these guys are just really anal about details. If we did have that type of agency, you would assume, and, and here's why I say this, I look at state representative ethics filings all the time, and, and I'm, I'm a dork like that. You know, ethics reports come out about every six months, and I'm scrolling through what are they spending money on, and who are they, you know, what are they meeting with, and all stuff, and there's all sorts of discrepancies. Oh, gosh, wait, what was that? Oh, wait. That's a problem. Oh, and you don't see all of these state officials constantly under investigation and paying fines and doing these things. So my point is that the state agency is specific on who. You could say it's discriminatory on who it focuses its firepower on, right? Um, we're not dealing with a state agency who just happens to be a real stickler for anybody and everybody that's doing this. And I want to get right. at something that you mentioned, because I do want to get to the lean at some point, because I think that that is the new newest saga in this, in this book, there'll be a new chapter in your, uh, in your book about the text ethics commission at the end of this, but um, they have stated in court that let's say Joe Schmo, who lives in Wise County, Decatur, Texas, or Grayson County or Kaufman or somewhere around the Tyler area, Longview, if they are organizing their friends and they're saying, hey, we all care about this pro-life issue and they start bringing people together and they start organizing petitions to go to the legislature and then they travel down and they sit in front of the committee and they talk to the committee. If they're a business owner and they happen to put gas in their car, I mean, these people don't want any of those normal people to be able to petition the legislature for a redress of their grievances or even a redress of the, the grievances they believe are on the rights of the unborn children, unless they're registered lobbyists. They believe that this process should largely be influenced by individuals who are being paid enough by a corporation, enough by a large trade association who wants to get more money likely from the government or use the government to uh, 
to punish their competition. Those people who have enough money to afford to hire an ethics attorney and a, and a reporter to put all their details down and send in these regular reports and file these archaic forms and become a registered lobbyist for the state of the Texas. They believe that basically if you don't do that, you largely shouldn't be involved in this process. Don't show up. Right. Don't meet with committees. Don't don't have meetings just with what your state rep. Well, what if you meet with 10 state reps? What if you meet with state reps that aren't your state rep? Now you're not even a constituent anymore. Now you're somebody who's, how much time are you spending? Well, how much money did you take off? Did you not take off? You're a business owner. Well, did you spend any business resources? Did you, did other people, we've had people who said, Hey, I want to go down and lobby for more pro-life legislation, but I don't have the gas. These people are on fixed incomes. They're 60 and 70 years old. So they literally start like a PayPal account. I've seen people do this activists who go, Hey, here's my PayPal handle. If any of you can send me five or 10 bucks just to fill my tank up with more gas, I will drive down to the legislature more to advocate for unborn children, to advocate for Second Amendment rights and First Amendment rights. And the Texas Ethics Commission, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they've essentially said, we want that guy to have to raise enough money to hire an ethics attorney, to hire some person who files lobbyist forms, and to register as a lobbyist with the state of Texas as what? A client of like the 50 people who sent him $10. Because, and, and if not, we're going to come after him. And we're going to punish him. And that's what they're doing with you. So correct me if I'm wrong, because just from me following it, which is not as detailed as you followed it, these are the type of things I'm seeing where I'm going, that's who they think that guy should be under their thumb as well. well. They actually, a few years ago, went after a, uh, started to go after um, a lady who uh, posted to social media, a picture of her car, you know, jacked up, um, you know, at a, um, at a tire shop. And, and she said, uh, I'm spending a couple hundred bucks getting new tires because I've been driving around the state advocating for, and I can't remember the legislative yep, some, working some policy. On. Yep. Yeah, some policy thing. And uh, the Ethics Commission seriously, uh, now they conducted a couple of hearings about whether or not they should go after her because you know, clearly she was spending money advocating. Mm -hmm. Now, fortunately, um, because of the fight that I've been having yes. um, and the heat that was on, they, they decided to back down from that position, uh, but they made it very clear they might revisit that in the future. And this um, is and, why and they established rules to, to give them the ability in the future to go after people like that, even though in that case they, they didn't. And that's why your case is important. That's why we're having this conversation today, because the reality is that you might not be Michael Sullivan. You might not be somebody who lives the life that Michael does or has the platform he does or speaks as often as he does, as you've been criticized for speaking too much. But the reality is that there are a lot of Texans that spend a little bit of their time trying to advocate to the government. And there are a lot and you know, of- And you there are not enough Texans who are spending- I wish there were more. more. But, but one of the things we know is that if we, if there were a hundred people listening to this podcast right now, or maybe five, hey mom, um, but if there were five, then and my mom says, I want to go, hey, a couple of my friends are going to help pitch in so that I can afford to go to Austin multiple times and cover my hotel room and do this. We literally have a state agency in a Republican-led state that is going to say, punish those people, investigate those people. And you have basically been somewhat of a bulwark because it's like they have to finish you off before they can get to everyone else. Okay. And I'm not trying to pump you up into something you're not, but I'm saying 
the, the Ethics Commission have to focus their firepower. They have to win this legal case against you. And if they don't win the legal case against you, they can't go after all the Tom, Dick, and Harrys, the Johns, and the, everybody else who's over there working hard, uh, putting their little, you know, efforts together to try to advocate for liberty. They have to take you out first. And so, please, let's get to this lean situation. So, tell us about that. Yeah, so um, you know what we have said all along is this is a case that's not going to be decided in some you know district court. This is not a case going to be decided in the appellate court. This is a case that's going to be decided either in the Supreme Court of Texas mm-hmm. or after that point into the federal courts. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are big issues. These are important issues. These are in some ways com- they're simultaneously complex and very simple. Yeah. Um, but but there's a lot at play here, going to very basic and fundamental rights. Uh, last December, um, without our knowledge, actually, a judge in Travis County, you know, that conservative bulwark, uh, that, that that place where all good right thinking happens, Travis County, um, a Democrat judge uh, who describes herself as an extreme progressive um, issued a summary judgment um, against me and in favor of the Ethics Commission. Um, and she uh, gave me the Texas Ethics Commission death penalty, ten thousand um, dollars. The um, now, w- when we were notified of it, uh, and it was kind of humorous that neither us nor the TEC were even notified of her decision um, until you know, several weeks had gone by. Um, the um, uh, it was you know, there's this very pleasant back and forth. You know, all, all the lawyers all have pleasant conversations while all mm-hmm. of us, you know, are stewing and dying um well they're the, both making uh, money so they're all I mean, making no, cash yeah, yeah, why would right. you it's nothing to be mean about you know? yeah <laughs> so, nothing to be mean about hey, hey. you should both um, my sister's no, so in the, law school if you need a good one and, and here's the sad thing michael i think when she uh i think when she gets out and passes the bar you'll probably still be in legal battles with the text i may I, yes yeah my, my lawyer may be retiring at that so, so I'm going to um, tell yeah, her so to kind of, you know, study up in that area. There might be yeah, a good yeah, She might have a client just on day one. Um, but the um, uh, it was very clear that the Commission Hollander said, hey, we're going to be appealing this. Um, uh, they, they said nothing about, you know, collecting this judgment because they knew it's a joke. They, they knew mm-hmm. that this ruling was a joke and it's going up on appeal and, you know, Supreme Court and everything else. You know, no effort, not a single word of communication about it. Um, and then fast forward to a week ago, we were less than uh, less than 24 hours out from closing on our house. And uh, at that point, the title company calls us, hey, uh, there was this lien placed on your home um, by this lawyer who's an outside counsel hired by the TEC to prosecute me because Greg Abbott, you know, who actually Attorney General Abbott mm-hmm. a decade ago, um, did not want to have anything to do with this case. He saw it for the fraud that it was. And so the TEC was given permission to hire an outside prosecutor, basically. And that's what this guy has been, uh, billing the state of Texas uh, for, you know, kind of nickel and diming the taxpayers for the past 10 years for this, and, for this pursuit. And correct me if I'm wrong, They, I, I maybe remember this, but the Ethics Commission has wanted Ken Paxton as well to cover these legal efforts as well and he either has abstained or i don't know the details by that but you might know the details with the Paxton. i mean have they sometimes represented them sometimes not but they have these outside counsel because the attorney general's office won't represent them is that correct yeah that yeah that, that that's exactly correct and the okay, ag's Mike. office has recused itself um in in, in these matters um yep. and so this uh this lawyer with the you know kind of white shoe law firm big hoity-toity law firm 
um, uh, in, as often in Austin and, and around the country. Um, uh, you know, so therefore, they charge a lot of money to the taxpayers. Yeah. Um, now, this guy um, you know, filed a lien sometime in early April without notifying my lawyers, without notifying the court. He just went and filed a lien for $18,000. And so $500 becomes $18,000 in the economy of, um, of, you know, the Texas legal system, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the challenge though, the problem though, is the lien's not valid. Um, the lien is not a, a real lien. Um, but the title company is treating it like a real lien. The title companies, you you could do an entire episode on the evil of title companies. And I can give you a list of uh, experts you could talk to. We'll do a separate one. Um, yeah. And, and I am now learning the problem with title companies. Uh, you know, w welcome to the show, Michael, you know, um, but the, um, uh, but the bottom line is that this lien has been placed uh, as being treated as if, as if, as if it's legitimate being placed mm -hmm. on my homestead. Um, state law, the state constitution are very clear. Texas is one of those states that protects homesteads from creditors, including state agencies. The mm -hmm. IRS is the only agency of governments that can get to your property mm. um, in any real sense. Um, you know, that all these other things are pretty much forbidden. You know, the bank can get at your at your homestead and anyone who had a an actual touch on your property, you know, yeah. the, the guy who laid the foundation that you didn't pay. They call the, these mechanics. You know, the bricklayer. Yeah. yeah, those are called mechanics. Yeah. Even your, the, your landscaper, last... some construction right. guy, a pool guy. I put a pool in, he won't pay me for the pool. He can put what's called a mechanics lien. And right. then your bank, your mortgage holder has a lien, meaning you can't sell unless he's paid off. And the IRS, but Outside of that, your your credit card company, other people you owe money to cannot come after your homestead. They might be able to come after something right. else you have, but not your Rental property, commercial property, mm -hmm. all those kinds of things they can go after. Now the, now, the one case in which a court can, you know, the, you know, the judgment of a court can have a leaner home is in a divorce, you know, so mm -hmm. that, you know, the, uh, husband and wife go through a divorce, which is always horrible, um, and then whoever is occupying the home, a lien by the other party can be placed on it so that they, you know, equally share in the, I'm mean, the sell of that home. Um, but other than that, uh, your homestead is protected. Um, but the, so the TEC is, is one of two things happening. Either you just have a lazy lawyer trying to build mm -hmm. the, uh, the state, you know, he realized he hadn't built the state in a couple of, couple of months. Um, that's possible. You've got a lay in a lazy title company, um, or, what we have is a new front opening um, in the um, in the in the fight of um, of state government trying to silence citizens, intimidate citizens. Um, you know, if they get away with doing this to me, and you know, we'll see what happens over the next couple of days. Um, then every person who challenges an incumbent is going to have to wonder when they filled out the form and they put mm -hmm. the comma in the wrong place for someone's address. Does that count as an error, and will it result in a in a lien being secretly placed on their property? Um, you know, when when the nice little old lady who gets elected as the treasurer for the garden club pack in her neighborhood, um, you know, and she forgets to send her form. You know, you just go through the line of all these again, all these very legitimate things that we've seen happen over years. People who run afoul of the Texas Ethics Commission is this now a you know kind of the the ultimate tool they get to wield against you, which is, 
um, having first dibs on your property. It, it's unconstitutional. It's illegal. It's immoral. It's unethical. But that's where we are. So if I'm a Texan and I want to follow the story that's going on and I want to make sure that I know how this ends, what, what do I need to do? I uh, certainly would love folks to be following me on social media, MQ Sullivan on Twitter, MQ Sullivan on Facebook. You can find me on now on Gitter and Gab and Parlor and I don't know where all the, all the different places. Um, we'll also be writing about it at Texas Scorecard. Um, I wrote about uh, this. I've been writing about the kind of the struggle with the TE, TEC for a you know, it seems like forever, eight, nine, 10 years. Um, and, and then this most recent thing, of course, so we'll be writing about it there. Um, you know, the, the most important thing that I think most folks can do is have a conversation with your state rep, with your state senator, the governor, the lieutenant governor. Um, this is a legislative branch agency, even though it mm-hmm. acts like an executive branch agency, it means they ultimately work for the legislators. Yep. Um, and look, you know, a whole lot of Republican legislators don't like me. Uh, yep. Many of them dislike me more than than, than the Democrats do. Yep. Um, but the um, uh, and, and, and so there's a sense to which they're all going. To, they're all kind of giddy. Well, oh, hey, it's kind of fun seeing the you know, the, the the big bald guy get uh, um, you know get get beat around a little bit. Um, but I think though that the the challenge has got to be that they need to connect the dots and realize that. Uh, that this agency is coming for them and is coming for everyone else if we're not careful. Yeah, if they're not put in check. I mean, they're basically going to be given an unlimited amount of power that they can wield against anybody. And they've shown a tendency to do that at the behest of whoever's in power. And the reality is that, you know, we're recording this on Monday, which is independent, I guess when we're recognizing Independence Day, which was yesterday, but um, we don't want to have a government that is more empowered to punish citizens who are addressing the government's ills, the government's failures, who are exposing what the government is or is not doing. Because the reality is that we knew at the beginning that that was very, very, very necessary to enjoy and produce and continue the experiment of liberty that our nation has tried to embark upon. And so um, I, I think that's just another reason that this ends up being somewhat of a relevant conversation. If you are a Texan who is watching or listening to this, I just want you to be realizing one of the things we try to bring to you is stories that you wouldn't normally hear. And if you pull up the local paper and if you pull up Fox News or any of these other media outlets, you're not going to know or hear about facts being reported about what the state agencies of Texas are doing. Because I I got news for you. That's really not that attractive. Okay. That's not going to get a lot of listeners, but the more citizens understand, and then the more citizens take that and then communicate that back to their elected officials and have conversations with their fellow citizens and engage them further in the process, we have opportunities in Texas to ensure that our state is created in such a way and established and correctively trimmed in such a way that it still empowers citizens to be as informed as possible and as engaged as possible. Because we have a government that allows you to be endlessly engaged. I mean, that's just the truth. One of the, the, we bring you stories all the time of stories of individuals and people who basically 
six years ago had no idea who their state representative was, and today are heading up efforts to advance Second Amendment legislation or parental rights or are organizing families on helping them when state agencies like Child Protective Services come after them. These are individuals that six or eight years ago were not engaged at all, and that's not normal. That's only possible if you live in a state where individuals are freely allowed to engage in the process and not be then attacked by the very government that they're trying to engage in. And so that's what this battle is about. Michael, thank you for coming on and talking to us more. And we will, of course, keep our listeners and viewers apprised of the next thing that happens within this saga on one of our update episodes. We'll make sure that people know what's happening and link out to stories that give them updates. Thank you for coming on today. I know it's technically a holiday, right? But um, I think the founders would be glad. Liberty we doesn't take holidays, man. It doesn't. Tyranny doesn't at all. I'll just tell you that. Tyranny doesn't doesn't take any holidays. So if Liberty takes a holiday, it's just a day we lose. So um, I appreciate it, Michael. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Luke. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Luke Messias Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Texas.